big tech week, Mike. Oh, huge. I'm so excited. There's been some massive leaps in technology this week that we have to talk about. Everyone knows what they are, right? We all know what we're talking about. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yep. New Roombas. So, uh, you know, obviously the iRobot company has been paying attention to our continued Roomba coverage. I believe so. Yes, obviously. And has created the product that we've been looking for. It comes out next year. And it does two things. It empties itself, which is awesome. But also, it Ah. learns your house (laughs) and you can assign rooms and tell it to go clean specific rooms. The only thing that we were looking for. I have to say, there's no more satisfying feeling in the world than when you vaguely complain about a thing on a podcast and then the world just solves that problem for you before the next episode. It's really good. It's, It's fantastic. Not only because, obviously, you get to talk about it on the next episode of the podcast but you feel like you have accomplished a thing yeah i (laughs) encourage everyone to start podcasts (laughs) for their minor complaints about things in their lives no it's great but like i found it just so funny that roomba releases a new robot and it does exactly the one thing that you wanted from it i think that's just so great (laughs) it's good it's good and bad because i don't really want to buy another Roomba yet i mean it doesn't Mm -hmm. come out until next year so at Mm -hmm. some point in my future i will i will get one of these ones but i'm gonna stick with little rob e for a while that's the name i've gone for by the way Mm -hmm. rob e it's like rob hyphen e like wally because it's also a trash robot so rob e is the name of my Roomba that's pretty cute our Roomba is named Roomba (laughs) Roomba's my family name sir i mean for robots we, we're now the family who's named their dog Dog. That's, I mean, that's really what we, what we've done. Yeah, but yeah. We, we just call it Roomba. And I had a funny feeling with this tech announcement of there is a new Roomba. For I realized that I so anthropomorphize the Roomba that this would be a piece of technology I would feel guilty about getting rid of. Ooh. I haven't thought of that. No joke. I would feel guilty getting rid of the Roomba. Have Have you ever seen, Mike, what I think is perhaps one of the best television commercials ever made? And it is for Ikea. And it is a woman throwing out her old lamp. Oh, have you ever seen this absolutely commercial? Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it is. That, yeah. yeah, that is just a wonderful commercial. I'll put it in the show notes if people haven't seen it. Put it in the show notes for people. Just go watch this commercial. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go watch it. I, I really think it may be one of the five best commercials I've ever seen in my life. It's, oh, it's fantastic. It was directed by it. Spike Jones. That's no surprise, <laughs> right? Like it was a very, very good director who made this. I'm not surprised. But that is how I would feel about getting rid of my Roomba. So I don't have any plans to upgrade. And that's partly because I don't really have any complaints about the Roomba. It's not really needs-based. And it's also slightly guilt-based that I would feel bad about replacing the Roomba. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing about this Roomba, which they are selling as a feature, but I don't think it's a feature, is this auto-emptying thing. Now, when you hear that a Roomba automatically empties itself, you imagine, oh, it must be able to hop over to the garbage can and pop open the lid and get rid of its contents. It's not doing that. From what I was reading, it's more like it empties itself into a much bigger container in the charging base. Yeah. 
and then you empty the charging base, but you only have to do that, I think it was like 1 30th as much as emptying the regular Roomba. Yeah, it will do 30 empties, but then here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Okay. You then have to buy the bags from iRobot. Oh, I didn't realize. There's a little bag on yeah. the inside? Yeah. Okay. I think they actually have a version of this which doesn't have the emptying, and I think I would probably go for the non-emptying version. Because it is a really big base at that point, because it's got this mm. huge like tank at the top, and it it uses like a vacuum system to put. Like, I don't think I really personally. I don't really think I need that. Like, yeah. I I don't really need the base thing. Like, I'm 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 good. You can buy it for much cheaper on its own. It's like seven hundred dollars for the this room is called the i seven plus, mm. um, s seven hundred, or it's nine forty nine for the Roomba i seven plus with the base station. Hmm, I didn't realize station. it came in two parts. Yeah, so I wouldn't buy it with the new base station because no. I really like emptying the Roomba. I've, I find it so satisfying every time that I have to empty it. Why? Because it's, look at all of this work I didn't have to do. <laughs> look at all of this vacuuming <laughs> that happened and... I was totally uninvolved in it. And yes, I know I'm emptying it at that moment, but that is a moment to me of just great satisfaction. When the Roomba sends me his little push notification of, hey, I need to empty the bin, I'm so happy. Like, I can't, like, I can't wait. And it's like, it clicks satisfyingly and you dump it out and it's, it's like, oh man, look at all this work I didn't have to do. Thank you, Roomba. Good boy. I feel like the only way I could get rid of my Roomba is like donating it to a family member so I could still go around and visit every now and then. Yeah, you want to send it to a to a good home, right? <laughs> a good Roomba farm upstate. <laughs> yeah. It's, it really is. It's so anthropomorphized. <laughs> Little Robbie. What a good boy. You know, Mike, I've been uh I've been at some undisclosed locations traveling lately. Out in the out in the woods, trying to make some space in my life. Saying hello to sheep. <laughs> <laughs> And what has accompanied me on my many journeys is my absolutely delightful Cortex hoodie. Ah, yes, the Cortex hoodie. I've got to say, when you're walking in the forest, it's a chilly morning. It's a, it's a fantastic hoodie to have with you. However, I feel sad for all the people in the world who... We're not able to get one in time during the limited sale. Mm-hmm. It, it like it's such a great. I'm, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it right now as we record. I have the temperature turned down in my office to 65 degrees, and I'm wearing my hoodie in the black monolith, and it's super cozy. Everyone should have one of these, but it was just a just a limited run. If only there was a way. <laughs> That people could experience the sublime happiness that the Cortex hoodie brings me and and could bring them. I have good news. Oh, do you? We are establishing our very first line of clothing. It's called the Original Line, and it's at CortexMerch.com. CortexMerch.com. The Original Line includes the Original Logo Embroidered Hoodie. The gray loves so much. I do. And our original tea, so the blue brain, as you know it, on a tea. But we are adding two products to the original line. It is an embroidered hat 
So a hat with an embroidered logo on it. And an enamel pin. People do love pins. People love pins. I got a lot of people want pins. So we're making pins. Yeah, it's an enamel pin with the blue Cortex logo on it. So that is, they are the four products that is making up what we're calling the original line. Now, the original line, that is going to remain in stock. That is going to be a permanent store at CortexMerch.com that you can go and buy stuff from. CortexMerch.com. The tee and the hoodie and the hat, we're doing pre-orders of those for the first time. So the first time you go there now, they're on pre-order, but then they'll be available forever. The pins... I say pins, we'll get to that. The pins are available right now. You can buy them and they will ship immediately. If you buy pins on their own, they'll ship immediately. If you buy pins and other products, they will ship when they're ready. But I do want to note that those pins, we will keep them in stock, but we have to buy them in advance. They will sell out and then there'll be a wait before they come back again. So it's just something to note because people love pins. So that pin will join another pin, which is a limited pin, which is for care tax. <laughs> we are turning our brains to our hearts. So you buy a pink. Oh, nice. <laughs> we go from brain to heart, you get a pink care tax pin. Now, this is a very limited edition pin. So if you want this, you've got to get it because we're not bringing it back. And that will join, or at least for a while, that will join a t shirt, <laughs> which is, has our pink heart on it, our pink cortex heart, which you can buy. These are on limited edition, so they're going to go. Once the three weeks is up, you won't be able to buy those anymore. And it's joining another product, Gray, that I am very excited about, which is my creation. Now, podcast t-shirts, they tend to be pretty bold, right? So people want to show off the logos of the shows that they love. Totally Mm -hmm. get that. That's why we put our logos front and center. But there are times in your life where you want to wear something that means something to you, like a Cortex t-shirt, of course. Mm-hmm. But you're in company. Maybe you're going out somewhere, you're in more mixed company, and you don't want to have the big logo on your body. So I have created, in partnership with our friends at Cotton Bureau, a tee which has a small embroidered logo on it. And we're calling it the subtle tee. Sometimes you want to, you want to be more subtle about your never-ending love. For Cortex. You want to show your affinity of the, for the show, but you're going out for dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> you want to wear the subtlety to that. Right. And that's available now along with... So we've got a lot of products now because we're really excited about making this stuff. We want to give people options. But the original line, that's always going to be there. We have pins, we have Caretex, and we have the subtlety. CortexMerch.com, available right now. It's so great. All, all, all I wanted was people to always be able... To buy the hoodie, and now now we have a like a cornucopia mm-hmm. of Cortex merch for them. It's very exciting. At CortexMerch.com. CortexMerch.com. Hey, Gray, I want to talk about yearly themes because I've been in a little bit of a yearly theme wilderness. Oh, yeah? Because one of mine is done, right? So like right. the year of adulting is done. So I feel like I've had a little bit less kind of guidance in my life recently. But this, I think, has been a, a good thing. So like I've still got my year of branching out. That's still happening. I'm working on some stuff. Like that's, that's going ahead as, as planned. Mm-hmm. But I like to have a couple of things going on. Um, so my brain, I think, has taken this time to think. You know, like I've had some background processes going on where I've mm-hmm. had a little bit of space to think. And I've started doing a couple of things. And thinking about a couple of things. We're bouncing some ideas around that I'm either going to maybe formalize into a theme to take me through the rest of the year or may end up going into 
my 2019 yearly theme, and I wanted to share these things with you. So you're, you're in the you're in the formulation phase. You're just like mulling it over accidentally, though, right? Like, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't actively. Th- I was like, you know, in my mind, it's like great. I completed a yearly theme. I have one less theme <laughs> to think about. But then my brain seemed to be unhappy about this, and as I've just had this like kind of urge in a mm. few different situ- for, like, for a few different types of things recently, and this is what I'm kind of pinning it on. It's like, oh, well, the theme is done. I find this funny for a couple of reasons. I mean, first, it totally makes sense because, as we have said many times, yearly themes, they don't have to be a year. They can be longer. They can be shorter. They are what they are. They're a theme in your life. Uh, But I'm personally finding this interesting that you're bringing this up now because my year cycle, what I always mentally think of as a year is still clocked to the, the academic year. And so I'm always I'm always in mulling over phase, really starting pretty hard in in the summer. Yeah. But you historically have have really pushed that no gray. You're not allowed to talk about new themes in November or October. That's a terrible time. You have to wait until January to talk about. Got to wait for the big theme, to, like the <laughs> unveiling of the new theme. It has to be January. Nobody know, wants a like... new theme. It's like, oh, here's my September resolution. No, no one wants that. I know, I know, but I find it, I find it a little bit frustrating because I'm always in a real, I'm always in a real themey mood. Uh, you know, in, in September time and in August time, like it's really on my mind, and that's when I'm also doing the no, the percolating. The so the... I know I just like that you have unintentionally synchronized with me a little bit mm-hmm. this year with one of your main themes being completed in under a year. It's just look, <laughs> teaching got you into this habit. Cortex is going to get you out of it, right? We're going to move you to January. It's just going to take ten years, but don't worry look, no, about no, it. No, I no, I like. Well, I mean. First of all, you're you're fighting against my entire academic childhood plus mm-hmm. my adult job, so you got a long way to go. Cortex will eclipse it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Episode seven thousand. Always so optimistic about the run length of the show. <laughs> <laughs> also very optimistic about those numbers. Uh, because yep. really, you know what? What are we on? We're on now in the seventy four, seventy five. I don't know us, exactly. It would take us a. About 30,000 years to get to episode 7,000. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, like, I'm also in a, like a pondering mood. So I'm just, I'm enjoying that you're in the pondering mood as well. I just didn't think you would bring this up now because normally this is verboten. Like this is, this is the disallowed time. Like you cannot talk about it until January. <laughs> well, I, but while I'm not unveiling a new theme here, I'm just no, talking about some stuff I'm interested in right now, okay. some things I'm thinking about. But they also, at the same time, they don't really feel like there would be like completely theme worthy, right? They're just new little things going on in my life. One of them is yoga. Mm-hmm. So I am not a very active person in general. Mm-hmm. And I suffered an injury, which meant I was less active over the Mm. last couple of months. So I've been thinking, this is not a life that I want to lead, of being completely unfit. But I also have to fight against the fact that I hate basically all exercise, and always have. I've never enjoyed physical activity, even as a kid. Um, yep. You know, I hated PE. I was just never good at anything. And so I didn't enjoy I'm, it. I'm with you there. And then when you're not <laughs> yeah, good at something so strongly. in school, everyone makes fun of you, which makes it worse. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a whole thing. I'm expecting there might be at least a portion of our listeners that can, 
can, can associate with this. Oh, not being good at sports in school and maybe getting teased for it as a child. No, I can't imagine that 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 overlaps with the Cortex listener base at all. So I've it's just not something I've ever enjoyed. And as an adult, I've still yet to really find a type of activity and exercise that brought me anything other than dread. Yeah. You know, like I've always looked at my friends who are like, oh, I just feel so good after the gym. I've never do. I never get yeah. anything out of it, like except pain, like uh, frustration. Like it, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I'm always annoyed by those people too. They're like, oh, just do this thing and you'll feel amazing. I start every day with a marathon. And I was like, God damn it. Like I hate <laughs> you so much. <laughs> and if I started every day with a marathon, all that would get done is every day I would do a quarter of a marathon and that would be the end of it, right? Nothing else would happen. Great. If I started a day with a marathon, it would be my last day. <laughs> that would be it for me. I would have no more. But I found yoga. Mm-hmm. And the reason I came to yoga is I've been, you know, long-time listeners of the show will know that I am susceptible to repetitive strain injury. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to feel some pains in my neck and they weren't going away. And I was getting concerned so aside from trying to do some things to fix my posture, I was starting to think about like what types of activity could I do that would maybe help strengthen my muscles, mm-hmm. but also be less likely to cause me any further injuries. And I was been thinking about this a lot and kind of settled on yoga because it's not a high impact activity uh, and can be done at home. Mm-hmm. which was a big thing for me. I'm, again, tying into the gym class experience, don't like performing physical activity in front of other people. Yeah. Not keen on yoga classes right now, right? Uh, you know, because you every beginner's yoga class, it's not all people who it's their first day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to be the person that goes who doesn't know what they're doing and falls over. So, you know, I'm not keen on that. But I found there's a bunch of stuff on YouTube. So I watched some YouTube videos and then found an app that I use called Daily Yoga. Mm -hmm. And I have been doing yoga every single day for the last three and a half weeks. Every day? Every single day. This has been the longest sustained exercise that I have ever accomplished in my life. Wow. It's, you know, I'm doing programs and the programs last from like 15 to 30 minutes every day, depending on what you're doing every day. Um, I have a yoga mat. And I have enough space in my office to just put my iPad down, close the curtains, <laughs> close the door, <laughs> and... Don't look at me. Don't look at me. And participate <laughs> in my yoga practice. And I am I feel very proud of myself. And I'm already starting to notice differences in my flexibility, which I'm really enthused about. Because one of the worst things about exercising is when you don't see anything for a long right. time, right? Like, it's so disheartening. Um, but I feel like there's some poses that I'm able to, like, do, that I'm able to do more effectively or I'm able to, to stretch further in them. And, um, you know, it's just a very toot-my-own-horn situation, but I feel very proud of myself <laughs> that I'm yeah. finally doing something and found something that I actually kind of enjoy it, you know? Like, there are still times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it today. But most of the time, I do want to do it. No, I, I think you have every right to toot your own horn. I mean, especially with something like this, where if you've never been able to stick with anything, and now you mm-hmm. found something that you are more able to stick with, like, like the progress thing is 
so important being able to, to see that it actually makes a difference. Uh, you know, again, cause I can't, I can't, uh, reiterate your points on exercise more strongly enough. And it, the only reason the thing that I'm able to stick with the longest in little batches, uh, is strength training. And it's, it's precisely that reason is like, oh, I can see progress immediately. Mm. And that's what helps stick you with it. But can I ask when you say that you're doing it, like, what are you doing in the room on your own? Is it, is it just like very basic, like holding poses for a period of time and stretches or like, what does a routine look like? Hmm. It's like, you know, so there's like 30 minutes. We might do like 10 different poses through that mm -hmm. period of time with, you know, the uh, resting that you do in yoga. Yoga is a lot of resting as well as activity, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like part of the idea that it helps, as they say in the videos, integrate what you're doing into your body. And yeah, I don't know, like it's a lot of what you would expect, right? There's downward dog and lotus pose and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of balancing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of stretching. The balancing stuff is where the real hard work is. Mm. Um, and, you know, that that's where you're like, you will find yourself in a position where you may be on one leg and trying to hold a pose. Or mm. you might be like kind of your leg stretched out and your arm over your head and you kind of have to like just hold it. Um, mm. And then there's a lot of like laying down and trying to stretch your body into a specific position. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I can feel that it's doing something because my muscles hurt. Right. Right. Yeah. That's how you know something happened. Exactly. So like, it's, I think it's just a lot of like finding ways to use your own body weight against you. I think that's what a lot of what yoga is. Like that's how it helps with the fitness is it just and I know that there are people that actually know this answers who are just probably rolling their eyes at me right now, but that's kind of how it feels that like a lot of the time the hardest work is you need to hold yourself in an unnatural pose where your body weight is trying to get to the ground hmm, and that's where kind of the hard work is found, but there's also like as you would expect with yoga, there is a lot of almost like pseudo meditation practice in it, you know it's so everything's focused around your breath. Like every practice will include a period of time where you are just laying down or holding a very simple pose and focusing on your breathing. And the instructor with the video is telling me to like, let my stress go for the day. And I think that's another part of why I enjoy it. Um, I've never really tried any meditation stuff, but I've always had it in the back of my mind that it's probably something that I would get something out of. And I think it is nice to spend 30 minutes every day with uh no distractions and being able to focus on thinking about letting stuff go it's nice right like it's just a nice little thing that i've been doing which i think serves a dual purpose where it's helping with fitness but maybe also with stress levels well, i do i do always like those dual purposes uh like anything that can Two count twice is great you know it's that's the best stuff in life is stuff that counts mm -hmm. more than once so there is a bit of a like a guided uh, yeah, I don't want to say meditation, but there's a, there's a guided focus element to what you're doing. Yes. And I, and I guess uh, yoga aesthetically seems like this is not the exercise in which you want to put on your headphones and be blasting like Britney Spears music while you're doing your yoga. That doesn't seem like it, it would thematically go. 
This episode of Cortex is brought to you in part by our friends at Hover. Building your online identity has never been more important than it is today, and with Hover, you can find the domain name that shows the world who you are and what you're passionate about. I just literally came from Hover right now because I have an idea, I'm working on something, and I needed a domain name for it. Because when you're in the kind of the process of coming up with something new and you want a name, you're coming up with some names, you're coming up with some ideas, one of the key things is, can I get the domain name for it? And one of the things that I love about Hover is I can go there, I can just type the words I'm thinking about, and it will show me all the options I have available. Like I can get a .com or I can get a .net, but they also have over 400 domain name extensions. So you don't necessarily have to abandon a name just because a .com isn't available. You can use something else. You can use another .something domain name extension, which might still allow you to keep the core brand idea that you've come up with. And it's not just about businesses. What about trying to show the world who you are? You need the right domain name so that when people go to your website, they understand a little bit about you and also personalized email. In this world today, there's so many options available to you. Why not grab an awesome domain name? Instead of using some usual email provider, why not have your own email come from your own domain? Think of how cool and professional that would look. Hover also have best-in-class customer support. They have no upsells. I was able to just go and buy a domain in like 45 seconds. The longest part was getting my payment information and putting it into their system. If you want to show the world what you're passionate about, Hover is there to help you make that first step. Go to hover.com slash cortex right now, and you will get a wonderful 10% of your first purchase. That's hover.com slash cortex. Thank you to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. So without giving away what you're thinking of as your yearly theme, why do you feel like this is mulling over in the back of your mind? Like, do you just, are you just thinking about your physical fitness or is, is there something more specifically that you're trying to achieve or like, why is this part of the mulling over yearly themes? I think there is something going on where, uh, my mind is trying to take over certain things that I do and change them. So, okay, so it probably helps if I explain some of the other stuff that I'm feeling. One is more music when I'm working. Okay. And I don't really know why I feel the requirement to have this, that when I am working on stuff which does not require audio, to have music playing. You know, and this, I'm typically trying to find like... Some Rachel Platten. So... (laughs) Yeah, just different remixes of fight song over and over again. Uh, no, I'm I'm like uh, trying to find music about words. So I would love recommendations in the Reddit, by the way. If people have music that they listen to, which doesn't have lyrics in that they like, I would like more recommendations. It's so hard to find good music like that. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of it is soundtracks to stuff, right? But I don't necessarily know if that's what I'm looking for. Like, I don't know if I want a John Williams score to accompany my afternoon because they can be quite distracting. Yeah, people always recommend soundtracks when you talk about music without lyrics. Personally, I think soundtracks are terrible for accompanying work. Maybe it would help if I if I explain what I am listening to currently for this okay. stuff. So I have two playlists that I've been kind of alternating between. Um, I've mentioned a podcast called The Adventure Zone mm-hmm. in the past. Um, they sell uh, all of the music that they use for the show. It's like 91 songs at the moment. And it's really nice and simple stuff, mostly. I mean, it is their soundtrack stuff, but it's not... that. It's not like... The thing about movie soundtracks 
is they're supposed to accompany action a lot of the time, and that's not what's happening with this stuff, right? Like, yeah. it's more ambiance music, I guess, is what I'm looking for. For someone who doesn't know anything about it, uh, like, what kind of instruments are they using? Mostly synths. Okay, so it's it's synthesizer music, okay. And, like, keyboard stuff, and, you know, it's like it's, it's chill in that mm-hmm. way. It's not, like, big drums and rocking guitars and, and an orchestra like it's not like right. that kind of stuff it's more more stripped back i guess <laughs> or the classic action beat of like exactly and i don't want that i I don't need hans zimmer to orchestrate my show prep it's not a thing that i need i'm sending out invoices now it's not needed too much too much music take it back and via the macro connection i found somebody by the name of Louis Zong, who just makes these little beautiful pieces of music that are I, I don't even I don't even know how to describe them, but I will put their I think they've got like a bandcamp or a SoundCloud page. I'll put their link in the show notes so you can kind of get a, an idea of it. But again, this is mostly like very simple synthesized music, you know? Mm. And that seems to be, you know, it's like, can you make it with a keyboard or a computer? If you can, I'm probably gonna enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I also really love uh, a band called Anamanaguchi, and that's all that's all like synthesized music and stuff. So that's kind of I think what makes my brain happy and is is pleasant to listen to, but not disruptive. Mm. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I'm that I've been listening to, and I'm trying to make more of an effort of putting this stuff on in the background when I'm at home and working. The other thing is mm. thinking about where I'm spending my social media time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I don't, I don't really know why, but I feel like I maybe want to spend more time in places like Instagram than mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, and I think that like, I think I need less debating in my life. As a general statement, if people are are looking at the scales and they think, oh, I have Instagram on this one side and I have Twitter on the other side, and you know nothing about the person. Feels like a generally good recommendation would be more Instagram, less Twitter. Like that, yeah. that seems like it's almost universally applicable for people. I get a lot of benefit out of Twitter, which is why I'm not like I'm not saying like, oh, I'm leaving Twitter. Like it's not what yeah. I'm wanting to do because I get a lot of information from there. I have a lot of incredibly valuable communication with people there. Mm-hmm. But intermixed with that is the debating the stuff yeah. that makes my blood boil, like the things that frustrate me, the things that will last with me for the afternoon because I can't get them out of my head. And those Mm -hmm. things don't really exist on Instagram where it's more just like nice stuff. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to find ways that I can put more stuff there than I do in other places. Like I'm trying to work out, I've used really Instagram more of like a consumption, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I want to contribute more. And I'm just trying, mm. and again, it's like, and I'm not really sure what that is yet. And I started using RSS again to get news. Oh, RSS. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, I've not really pulled back on Twitter yet. But I don't know if I want to. Right? I'm just in this, like... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in an exploratory mode. And uh, I don't really yeah. know what I'm looking for. And it, that I think that's what I'm going through here. It's like with the yoga and the music and the Twitter, I don't know why I felt the need to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a link there that I'm not seeing yet because these these feel like I'm maybe trying to reduce stresses or I'm trying to like increase pleasure because mm-hmm. like the yoga is very, I feel good. 
music is a nice thing. People like music. And I'm trying to like pull Instagram forward because I tend to enjoy it most as a social network. Like it feels like I'm in this mode right now of like I'm trying to have a summer of fun. I don't know what it is. You don't need to know what it is. Like it's interesting to hear you say you just have these activities that for some reason you feel like are sort of connected, but you don't exactly know why. And I think it's really important to have your antenna up for those kind of feelings. I think that's one of the bigger differences is that for some reason I'm being more receptive. Yeah. Like the biggest challenge of being a human is like to know yourself. And th- and this feels like, oh, here, here's a moment where you're trying to figure out what is going on. And... I don't know, like those periods can sometimes last a really long time. Sometimes they last a really short time. But they always seem like they're worth, at least to me anyway, they seem like they're worth just noticing like and and being aware of. And maybe it goes nowhere. Maybe maybe it turns into something. But I don't know. It's like sometimes I have the feeling like there's some different part of your brain that's trying to talk to you in a way or, or different parts of your brain are just trying out things and you're going to see like what happens what happens here i really do feel that way especially with the fitness i think my body's trying to communicate something to me Hmm. i know we're maybe getting a little bit high level at this point but like i feel like it's kind of a situation of like you've got to do something i also feel this is a place where language really falls down like e- even just when i say like oh there's different parts of your brain trying to communicate with you or you say like your body's trying to communicate it with makes you, it right? sound like you're breaking out the crystals yeah it does it totally makes makes you sound like you're breaking and it doesn't out help the that i'm now doing yoga right like i'm i've i'm a shaman now like i've found my chi like <laughs> it's like oh now look at him yeah it's it's like you you and me mike cortex road trip sedona arizona and we're going to sit in the vortex and meditate. <laughs> this is an area where I've I wouldn't exactly say that I've I've changed my mind because I think all the like vortex crystal stuff is nonsense. It's obviously nonsense. But that doesn't mean that people aren't trying to like get at something which isn't nonsense. E- even if there's a whole bunch on the top. And that's why you can end up using words like I'm trying to listen to my body while I do yoga. And and you sound so loopy, but there's no there's no real better way to try to express that feeling. Um, you know, that's why I was using words like you have your antenna up and like you just you're just being receptive. And I always feel like I go through this pretty strongly every summer. Like I don't know what it is, but this is like the bubbling time in the brain. And I'm trying to pay attention and and be aware of these things. But it's very hard to articulate because you often don't know what it is. And 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 like with this is like, oh, my my yoga is connected to my Instagram in some way. But I don't know what that way is really. And I just feel like they're connected and I'm going to let my brain run with it for a while while, while I try to sort it out. It's like I, I feel like there is some kind of link in the year of adulting to this where... I'm I'm trying to be a grown up in that mm-hmm. I'm listening to myself. Mm-hmm. Right that like there is this feeling of like now I've now I've completed all of these things which are important to me, 
you know, like I'm in the relationship I want to be in now, you know, like my life is in a situation where I'm, I'm pretty happy with it that I am at the same time now trying to pay attention to me. Mm. I've got all of this stuff that I want in my life. I've, I've achieved these things that I'm proud of. I now don't want to lose them. Uh, maybe it's a kind of stabilizing. Yeah. Like, like a bunch of these things might fall under that, that category of stabilizing, uh, you know, less like, like with the Twitter, less highs and less lows and a more stable part. I don't know. People change over time and you just, I think, I think it's so important to be cognizant of that. And it's so easy to, it's so easy to overthink of yourself in this static way and to not have antenna up for i feel like my brain's trying to send a message or my body's trying to send a message and something needs to change like it's a very it's a very delicate feeling that you can lose if you think of yourself as too static and yeah going 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 through like especially like the year of adulting is like it's a big deal like it's a big change uh you know getting married and becoming an adult in various ways. And so, yeah, I, I can, I could easily see that you have some, some stuff bubbling around and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's stabilization. Maybe it's something else. That's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to hear. Is there, is there anything else or are those like the main bullet points for you? Those are the main things that I've noticed right now. Hmm. And I, and I, but I feel like if I, you know, I feel like I keep, I'm just going to keep, tug in on these threads and see where mm. they end up taking me. I'm, I'm just noticing that there's some stuff. There's some stuff going on. I like the idea of you doing yoga and your practitioner asking, what, what is on your mind right now, Mike, as, as you're doing a yoga position, you know, floating in the air, legs crossed. <laughs> yep, that's how it works. And you say, RSS. <laughs> RSS is what's on my mind. I, I need syndication, but need it to be really simple. <laughs> Otherwise, why would I do it? <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by WeTransfer. You're on the internet. You've heard a lot about privacy policies lately. I feel like the last year of our lives has been full of new privacy policies everywhere. Well, WeTransfer actually have a privacy policy that they're proud of. They're all about making file sharing super easy for everyone, and they're just not interested in your data. They don't sell your data. They don't snoop on it. They don't spy on it. No funny business of WeTransfer. If you don't know about WeTransfer, they make it really simple and free to upload and share stuff. You don't have to sign in, and there's no complicated file system it's all streamlined so you can just get in and get out and get back to doing what it is that you do we transfer shows ads to keep their service free but never in the creepy i was just thinking about this right now and now i'm seeing this kind of ads in fact they use 30 percent of their ad space to showcase artists work from around the world it's their way of making the internet a nicer simpler and more beautiful place Start sending files with WeTransfer, and to see what the company stands for on privacy, go to we.tl slash notcreepy. That's we.tl slash notcreepy. You make WeTransfer. Our thanks to WeTransfer for their support of this show and Relay FM. I'm not the only one who's going on a little uh, vision quest right now, though. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Mike? I watched your YouTube video. I don't, I don't, I don't what? Uh... Great, great in the woods. 
That's, that's my second channel. Nobody, nobody's supposed to watch the second channel. So you are, um, you're taking a break from the internet. This is not a new thing. No. You've done this before. We've spoken about it before yeah. on this We've show. We've spoken about it before. Um, so I think this is a huge, this is a huge topic to get into. Like, yeah, I don't like, even really know where to begin with it. And I think part of the problem is, I don't even know if you know why you're doing it. Like you're feeling a certain way, but it feels yeah. like from listening to your kind of preamble of it all, which I, I recommend people go and, and watch that video. It was It's nice. It's a nice video and it's very thought provoking. <laughs> That's very kind of you to say. Uh, it's, it's the result of me trying not to say everything in the world about this topic. And I feel like ending up with some random thoughts on this topic, but uh, I'm, I totally agree. I, I find this, this whole thing that I'm putting for now under the banner of like attention and, and trying to pay attention and focus on things like that is without a doubt, this top bullet point. It's a thing that I've become aware of. But I find this topic very hard to talk about because I have my antenna up on this, and I've I've actually uh, the like the project in my OmniFocus, which is related to this. I started back in January. Like I've been thinking about this for a long time and and mulling over it. And I feel like this topic touches on everything. Like it it touches on so many things that. I have a hard time knowing how to talk about it. And I made that video of me like walking in the woods and just sort of talking because I felt really gripped to tr- like to try to make something, anything that was you know, under 1500 words that was just at least broaching the topic a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, like... That's why I'm very sympathetic to your yoga RSS exploration because I'm I'm doing the same thing right now with my relationship to again not even the internet but like very particular subsystems of the internet and I don't exactly know where I am but I do know this feels very different from the other times I've done this in the past uh but I don't, I wish I had a clear thesis point on this topic, but I really, I really don't right now. So what do you, what is the practicalities of this? Okay. So if I can break it down into defined problem and current actions in the smallest way possible, it would be this defined problem in a way that feels different. I think that my ability to focus and my attention span has frayed over like the last year or 18 months Mm -hmm. in a way that feels different from before. And the action plan is I'm trying to eliminate a bunch of the stuff on the internet that uses particular tactics to get you to pay attention. You're staying uh, away from algorithms. Yeah, that's like that is a broad way to put it. Staying away from algorithms. Um I think two two other like defining characteristics are 
things that never end. Web pages that scroll infinitely. Like there's always more on Reddit. I feel like that, that algorithm goes with that, right? Like if you keep refreshing Twitter, they'll keep serving stuff to you. Even if there's nothing there, they'll just keep finding things for you. Yeah, but I, like I think that an infinite source of content is like an is an interesting addition that's different. And for me, it's it's like when I try, like I try to think about what are the things that to me are not problems. And so it's like I don't spend a lot of time on Netflix because the Netflix catalog like catalog of things I'm interested in watching is actually pretty small, right? But it's it's not like man, I'm blowing my whole life on Netflix uh, because it's constrained. So infinite content is is one of those things, and then yeah, systems that have like algorithms plus randomness in them. Like I think I think those are a lot of the like the key characteristics of stuff that is designed to keep your attention focused on them. Hmm. And I don't know, like I, I'm cons- um and this, this and this is where like with the talking about yoga you can end up sounding like you're a, a guru with pockets full of crystals. I haven't found like the correct way to talk about this that doesn't make up that doesn't make the conversation end up veering in into ways where it's like, oh no, it feels like either like I like I'm talking like crazy conspiracy land or I don't know, like personal failings. I view a lot of these kind of systems as intentionally designed to have an effect on people. And they do have an effect on people. But it's it's hard to end up having that conversation that doesn't swing one of two ways, which is like, you have personal failings because you're not able to manage these systems. And lots of people seem just fine, even though I'm not super convinced that lots of people are just fine. And it's hard not to have the conversation veer the other way, which is like, do you think all of these companies are trying to control everybody in the whole world? Like, there's... I don't know. It's just this delicate conversation. And the like when you talk about designing an algorithm to affect behavior change in people, it's hard to talk about that just as that thing without the conversation veering in weird ways of like, what are the intents of, of, of these companies? Are they malicious? And like, I don't like I'm not super interested in that. It's just like this is a thing that exists in the world and i've i've kind of come to think of it as almost as a natural part of the digital world that there's no there's no alternate universe where we wouldn't eventually get to a place where with digital technology you would have systems that are really good at trying to hold your attention i feel like it's almost a natural outcome of, of technological progress. So like, I'm not super interested in particular companies in some ways. I'd like, I'm, I'm interested in this problem, like in the abstract, but I don't know. I think as you can hear there, like I'm having a hard time formulating this in a, in a concise way. And I, and I really do feel like it touches on just so many different things. And what I personally find interesting is 
<laughs> based on the feedback I've gotten from people I know in my real life, this resonates with a lot of people very strongly, but often strongly in, in different ways. I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say something. I understand what you're going through, I think. I think I can understand it, but I don't agree with all of it. So tell me what, what you are disagreeing with or like just tell me what you're thinking. Okay, so I think one of the biggest problems with talking about this is like you're going through a thing and kind of asking people or urging people to join you, but mm-hmm. yet you don't even really know why you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that is inherently there is a problem in that. Because you bring it up in your little walking video, and I think it's good to, to reiterate here, that like this stuff happens all the time. Like and I'm I'm pleased you brought it up because it's a very obvious argument to make, right? That when people started reading books, it's like, oh, they just read books and then you start watching TV, nobody reads books anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that like this move to the internet is kinda of, you're kinda of like, oh well nobody reads books anymore. But it's like, well, this is just the march of time and it isn't necessarily fair to say that what we're in right now is worse. Mm-hmm. Because every generation before us has said that about the generation that was before it. Like, I understand that you're feeling a personal pull, but I don't know if we can categorically like claim that the shortness of content, like this bite-sized content, which is probably the issue, you know, tweets and quick videos and whatever, is contributing to this attention span problem, which I can understand completely, right? Like people's attention spans are changing because content is consumed much faster. But I don't know if we can categorically say that's worse for humanity. It might be bad for you. But I don't know if you can, if we can't say that, we can't say it. We can have an opinion about it, but we can't claim it, right? And I'm not saying you're doing that, but I think it's easy to draw that conclusion from what you're trying to say. Yeah, so like even in there, there's already a million a million doors that are open in, in these different directions. This is and, huge. Like what you yeah. are trying to broach upon is a massive, massive subject. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there, there, there's a few things there. And, and one of the things I was trying really hard not to do in that little video is is actually focus on on the shortness of things. Like, here's a tiny bit of information, right? Here's a here's a tweet. I don't think that stuff is is good. I do think it like it has this effect on people's attention. But there there is this paradox, which is you also have behavior where people can watch like very long YouTube videos or like be engaged in extremely long media at the same time. So it's like it's overly simple to say like oh people's attention spans are super short and so they can only pay attention to short tiny bits of information it's it's more like in a world where this stuff is so present i think it changes the state of your brain and like i i agree in theory that it's not necessarily bad it could be but we just don't know yeah, like I personally don't think it's good, but but a, like a whole other door 
here's an example which like some people will relate to this example and some people won't. Um, but if you relate, you'll probably relate very strongly. So here's here's a thing that I hear from a bunch of people. They will watch the same YouTube videos over and over again. So so someone will have watched like a video series about something and they'll in moments confess that they've watched it like 30 times. Yeah, I have a bunch of stuff like that. I have a bunch of stuff like that too. And it's... This is a different behavior. Like, I feel like, yes, I used to have media that I liked, but there was never any media throughout the entirety of my life, except when I was a baby, that I would watch on loop like this. Well, how many times have you read The Lord of the Rings? In my whole life, I'm going to say... Yeah. Three. Okay. I just think, like, I understand what you're saying with this, and I'm not letting you explain it enough. I know that, but... No, 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 no. I, like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, just go. Just talk. The technology has changed. Like, mm -hmm. you may have wanted to watch X cartoon a billion times, but you just couldn't. Like, if, if mm -hmm. it was available to you where you could just watch it on loop, you would. Like, when I was a kid... And like I noticed from when my brother was a kid too, you'd watch the same cartoons many, many times. Like I lost count of the amount of times I saw Pinocchio because it was my little brother's favorite movie. Yeah, no. But I think there's a reason that you do that as a child. <laughs> I think the reason is because people will do whatever you ask them to when you're a child. Right, like if it will, if the child will be happy watching Pinocchio for the sixteenth time, then that's the thing that he'll watch today if he's going to watch something. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess yeah, that's a, that's a different thing, which is like a parent just wants like, please, we'll, we'll, right, we'll, we'll keep you pacified. Because that's our base human desire. But like, as we grow up as adults, like maybe your partner doesn't want to watch Pinocchio for the sixteenth time, but you do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, what, what I was going to say is like. I've read some things that like part of the reason that children in particular do watch stuff on, on super loop is it's, it's, uh, it's like the same reason that babies will engage in the same behavior over and over again, that there's, it's, it's part of a process of learning about the world is why like loopification is incredibly intense in younger children. And like, I, I know I did the same thing when I was a kid, but then I feel like there's this vast desert of my life where there was really no loopification and now it feels like, oh, it's come, it's come back in some examples. And it's like, oh, this familiar thing I just have on tap at any moment. And yes, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this, this same thing on YouTube that's 45 minutes long of like a discussion of a movie I haven't even watched. And I'm going to watch it for the 10th time. It's like, why am I even doing this? Like, I don't understand. I don't even feel like I'm getting a lot out of it but it's a loop that's just like a familiar loop i just mentioned that as just just like you know you have you're you're feeling out these various things this to me is one of these pieces where i don't have a like a clear thesis on this loopification but this is just something that i'm aware of and when i talk to other people about it it seems like it's a general consensus that this is a behavior that has increased over time that feels like it's it's sort of a new behavior and i i only raised it simply to to be on the opposite side of of i'm not trying to make the argument that like boy people can only consume tiny bits of content it, it's more like tininess is one part of it 
but an intense desire for like for sameness and repetition is the other part of it. Comfort. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what gets to the the more core part of my concern is when algorithms are designed to take advantage of that. Is this whole thing a result of a concern of closed-mindedness? Not really. I, 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 like on my on my bullet point list of like things I'm worried about, I would put closed-mindedness basically near the bottom. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not super concerned about that as a as a topic at all. Every time I feel like I'm pulling on something, it's wrong. This <laughs> is part of the issue of what's going on yeah, here. It's yeah. like I really don't know if you, and I think you agree to this. I don't think you know why this is happening. Why you're doing this? I, I don't really feel like your thesis is tight. No, uh, no, I 100% agree. Um, I 100% agree, and that's that's part of why, like, well, you know, to get to get to a part that is clear is like my my action points of, you know, before people start to worry because uh, I'm still producing stuff. Like, I'm still going to make podcasts and videos. Pin in that for a second because I have some questions about that. But carry on. I'm still going to be making podcasts and videos, but I'm not going to go on reddit and i haven't been going on reddit now to see what any of the comments and reactions are to those videos and i'm not going on twitter and i'm not going on instagram and the big ones for me are just like not spending time on reddit in general reading comment threads and not spending time on hacker news like those are the big problems for me like that's my familiar loop is bouncing back and forth between these two places that have discussion threads and like finding myself reading discussion threads on the same topics that I've read like a hundred times and I don't know why I'm really doing this it doesn't feel like a good way to spend my time it feels more like a trap like an attention trap that my brain slid into without really noticing that what's actually happening and what you're fighting against is you feel like you can't stay focused anymore yeah yeah it's it's much harder to stay focused it like i i so one of the here's here's a good example here's one of the things that i've i've had my like antenna up towards that led that led me into this where i thought like oh I'm, i'm sort of misidentifying a problem but i've been having conversations with people over the last year where I've been saying things like, boy, I think that as I get older, disruptions are more disruptive. And I think like, I'm just like, I'm just not as good at handling disruptions as I used to be. And it's like, oh, I kind of noticed that this was a thing that was on my mind. And mulling that over for a long time, it's like, no, I think it's actually clear that it's, I'm just not as good at really knuckling down and focusing and paying attention like it's not like the disruptions are no different but you're just like i need to think about this from a different angle like this feels like oh this is the more true angle than just feeling like ah as i've gotten older like just i find disruptions more disruptive so you're totally right i don't know exactly what i'm aiming for other than to say I think I've identified some things that are not 
good for brains to be exposed to. And I want to have a really long stretch of stepping away from those things. Because I I really feel like I really feel like a big break is a kind of rewiring of the brain. In in the same way that, that like huge life transition for me was going from high school to college. And I was extremely cognizant of that of that summer in between and the very beginning time of college as like this is a time that you need to rewire your brain and you don't like you don't know what that is but this is a time to be aware of that and that that's kind of what i feel like i'm trying to create now is is space for that to remove a lot of default action behaviors of like Here's a moment where I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm I'm going to just like what are people talking about on Twitter or what are people posted on Instagram or what's like what's the argument over here on Hacker News? Like I'm trying to remove those as the like default action behaviors because I've found that those default action behaviors have spread a lot and I and I I really think that has an effect of rewiring your brain to be always looking for this easier path into distraction in the moment. Okay, so you're leading towards an argument that I don't like, and I don't think you're trying to make, but it, it, it trends towards it. And I want to couple this up with a specific point that you made in your video where you single you, you, you target podcasts as, a, as an issue, which I <laughs> take offense to for multiple reasons, right? Uh-huh. Obviously, a big one of those is this what I do, right? Right. So, like, you you specifically called out podcasts as a problem of filling time, right? Where people would be traveling, people would be in a shower, they'd be taking in information or just spending time to think, and they fill that with podcasts instead. Now, what I don't like about this, aside from the fact that I feel personally attacked... (laughs) Uh, is I I'm feel destroying like, your bottom line and my well, bottom line too. <laughs> Look at me cutting off both of our feet. <laughs> and again, we're going to come back to that part in a second as well. But I feel like you're trending towards the argument of, oh, why can't we just be bored? Nobody allows boredom anymore, right? Which is an argument that I really don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, that that there is this feeling of we're not we don't we don't nobody wants to be bored anymore so they fill it with things like youtube and podcasts mm-hmm. and video games and stuff like that and i don't like that because no, people don't like boredom it's like a thing it's like the word the word elicits in people a response which is negative Ugh, boredom no one wants to be bored so people fill their time with stuff like podcasts and one of the other issues that i have with that statement is like the podcasts like is are they are a long activity typically mm mm-hmm. And it doesn't line up with the focus and attention thing. Like it is like a separate line, which I know you've gone down and you go down about like, then I don't have any time to think. But like they are, they they feel like separate things. Yeah. So like I didn't do a good job of explaining this in the video. So let's let's like I think this is I'm really glad to talk about this because there's there's a couple points here. Uh, the first point is the the boredom thing. I have talked about that in the past. Is like I do think it's an important quality but i'm trying to use the word space more because boredom has like it has become this like 
I don't know, almost like corporate idea. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it has become this, this buzz buzzword in creative circles that I think has made it like lose all of its meaning where, yeah, like boredom isn't the goal because boredom is, is no good, <laughs> right? Nobody likes it. The, and the only reason you talk about boredom is boredom as a motivating factor to absolve the boredom or to do something else mm-hmm. that makes you no longer bored. And so I, like, I'm with you. I don't really, I don't really like those arguments, but I do think that there is some kind of truth to it. And I, and I particularly think of this if you are a creative professional, um, like if you make media of any kind that people are going to consume, you can't, you can't be consuming stuff yourself all the time. I don't know if I agree with you. Okay, tell me why. I think that my consumption of other creative work makes my creative work better. Mm-hmm. I feel like I take inspiration from people. I feel like I'm jealous of how good people are and it forces me to try and be better. Mm. And I understand the idea of like allowing yourself to have time for ideas. Like I totally get that. Like I 100% get that. But I don't think that that needs to be at the expense of consumption. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it can be important for people to allow themselves time to think right like and the podcast in the shower i've done that for years i'm surprised that this is a new thing that you seem to have discovered that people do this but i do understand that like i understand that um it was one of the things that i always liked and have and do like about swimming Mm -hmm. because when i swim all i have is my own thoughts so i think it can be important for people to advocate and I think it could be good for you to advocate that people allow for time when they have no distractions, like and nothing is going on. Um, but I don't, I I don't think that needs to be at the expense of consumption of content. And I'm not just talking about podcasts anymore. Hmm. Like I'm not trying to be self-serving. Like YouTube videos are a big thing. And like I was surprised that you did single-handedly just call out podcasting and not YouTube, right? And and that it frustrated me because it's like. Podcasts are a problem, not our good friend Mr. YouTube. He's he's good <laughs> over there. Keep watching those videos. Like so like I that was why one of the reasons and again, it's like I am personally attacked in this. And you are as well, which is like a, a we still need to get to that point, and we will. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I feel like my consumption of media makes me better at what I do, as well as it is important for me to allow time to percolate on things on my own. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think that creative people should strip out consumption. I don't think that that's the right... I don't think it's the right thing to do. It might be right for you. I believe ultimately it's not right for you. And, mm. and I think that you will... Well, one, I do think that you will not stay this way forever. I think that this is a valuable experience for you. If you're feeling this way, you should 100% explore these feelings. But... But the time this experiment ends, yeah, I think that you will come back to many of these things just with different eyes, and maybe you'll come back to it differently, like you did last time. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is my ultimate desire right, mm-hmm. is to come back to this in in a different way. Uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't envision a future where I, I, uh, 
I never comment on the Reddit on the things that I post because I love that. Like, that's honestly one of my favorite parts of making things for the internet. And I think it's valuable. It's yeah. very valuable, right? Like, and, and I really, I, I, and again, like, I think that you need to do a better job in communicating this when you're talking about these things, that it's, this stuff is valuable to creators. Like, mm-hmm feedback from audiences it's what makes online creativity it's what makes online creative projects so good is that there Mm. is a direct feedback model which there is not for or hasn't been really it's starting to happen more for more traditional media yeah but there really isn't yeah but like i know that cortex is good because we listen to what people say and try and make the show better based on that feedback where we believe it works yeah i i i'm totally with you there and I've always said for for everything that I do, like if you don't, after I post a podcast or post a video, go to the Reddit and at least read or participate in the discussion. Like, I think you're missing out on the big part of like, you know, to sound grandiose, I think you're missing out on a big part of what it is that I do, because to me, the online component, like it is a big part of that. And I think it's a big, important part of that. So, yeah, like I'm not I don't see a future where I'm like this Internet thing. I'm out of here. And, you know, it's it's also why I'm, I'm trying very hard to ride this fine line of, of not being like a technological grump who doesn't like the Internet. I'm just concerned about particular parts of it. And the thing that I was trying to explain. OK, let me let me back up a step. But don't don't let me get away from podcasts. But I want to try to like explain oh, the core. <laughs> we're coming back to that. We're not yeah. we're not leaving this discussion without addressing that point more clearly. Yeah, yeah. But like, don't you know? It's so easy in these conversations where I was like, it whoosh, like watch this river of conversation flow, and then where are we? I have it written down on a piece of paper in front of me, Gray. We're not getting away from it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, you, you you underline podcast twice there. I have already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think the the clearest comparison that i can make about like what is it that i'm concerned about is what has happened with regard to the industry of food where as like some food is good for you some food is bad for you but you know what has like what has been a big deal over the past few years and like it's totally made like the news a bunch of times this isn't like a secret or anything but it's become clear how intentionally food companies, some of them, are not just making food for you to eat, but they are, they are doing experiments in laboratories where they're adjusting the exact mouthfeel of the food and the ratios of sugar, salt, and other ingredients. And, and like the explicit goal is how much of this food will a person eat and what can we do experimentally to make this person eat more with the presentation or the the contents of the food and i like i think that's a really different thing to then go into a supermarket where let's just say like oh half of this is food in the way that you think of it but half of it has been very intentionally engineered to produce a particular physiological result in you. And it's kind of hard to talk about that without sounding like you're against food 
where you're like, like food is super addictive. Um, and like an addictive is a word that I think is a terrible word in these situations. It's like a word I, I really try to avoid because I just don't think it's helpful. But I view the internet as that in some way where it's like, okay, a lot of this is awesome, but some of this is experimentally engineered to change your behavior in certain ways. And that means changing your brain in certain ways. And I, I real the, like the big concern here is it means over a long period, changing your brain to be more receptive to certain kinds of inputs, more receptive to topic switching, right? More receptive to like multitasking and like, Maybe, maybe sometimes that means short content. Maybe sometimes that means long content. It also means different things for different types of brains. Like, I don't know. This is very, this is very hard to say, but like, so I'll just say this in a very general way, but it's also very different when you've had conversations with people working on these systems who make it clear that that is their explicit goal where they're like, oh yeah what we're trying to do is, is make sure that like you never leave. <laughs> and if you do leave that you come back as soon as possible. And we, you know, we run experiments on hundreds of thousands of people to achieve that result. And we know that by tweaking these variables for these kinds of people, we can increase the response rate or, or the return rate by, you know, five or 10% across an average day. And it's like, man, this stuff works. Like it really does work. And it's really intentionally engineered and just as I think it's easy for people to get swept up in a world of food which is like deceptive and then changes their ability to even enjoy or eat other kinds of food or sort of changes their relationship with food I think some of these parts of the of the internet can basically change your relationship with information or content consumption. And so this brings me to podcasts because the reason I mentioned them and I didn't do a good job of explaining this in the video is I feel like podcasts for the most part don't exist in this intentionally engineered world podcasts are based on RSS, uh, which is a great technology because you like you kind of can't use it in this way. It's like people just produce stuff and it's out there. People are trying, but they're mostly failing to create a system which is algorithmically based. Yeah. And, and this is this is why, you know, listeners, if you listen to podcasts from people in the in the tech world, like, it may seem strange. Sometimes it's like real big pushback to large players entering this field. But this is why. Because none of, none of us want to end up in a world where podcasts are algorithmically served up to you. Like nobody nobody really enjoys that. And it's like, oh, what happened to blogs like after algorithms came? It's like, oh, they were destroyed. That's what happened. Um, but like as we discuss it right now, the podcast world is mostly free of that. And I don't think I don't think it made it into the final video. So I'm sorry, Mike. But I, I did have a part where I said like I totally love podcasts like i've always loved audio medium it's and it's also why i do two podcasts because like i just think 
especially this kind of conversational format, I think there's something truly unique about it in the in the media world. I think they're good for people. Yeah. I think it's good for people because I see the response that people have when I get to meet people who listen to these shows and they seem to have a net positive impact on someone's life. And my belief in this is based upon Conversa- I believe that conversational podcasts are ultimately good for the soul. Yeah. Because every time as a human being, you hear a conversation, you hear a conversation, you, you, you hear the entire thing. By and large, it's because you are involved in that conversation, right? That's when you hear conversations because you're having them or you're a part of a group that's having one. So podcasts like ours that are people talking to each other I think tricks your brain into feeling like you're a part of that conversation, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. You're you're a part of something that's happening. You're listening to it. And that is why podcast listeners feel emotionally connected to podcasters. Because typically when you're a part of a conversation, it's people you know. It's people that you have an emotional connection to. So I think that they are ultimately good for people. I understand your point of like, filling every waking moment with them and that maybe people need to have a balance. But I think that when you stack up podcasts against algorithmically served mediums, you are doing a disservice to the medium by doing that, which is why it frustrated me. No, I, I understand. And again, like this was a failure on my part to communicate something because again, like I just want to back up everything that you say there. And, and like, you know, again, it's, uh, <laughs> I think you can hear in, in our our post WWDC episode where we talk about meeting people like that like that time is great and it's also it's also I don't know it's it's difficult to explain but it's it's sort of hard on me because of how intensely I can see that like this show in particular really affects change in people's lives uh even though it doesn't necessarily feel like on any particular week like any topic really matters but it's but i know from being a listener it's like it's the listening over a length of time right it's it's the it's the conversation over a space of time that that has an effect so like i totally agree like these things can be great net positives but what i like what i was trying to articulate there and i use podcasts as a particular example because because this is a thing that i know resonates strongly with people when i talk about this topic is I think that that the algorithmic parts of the internet fray your mind in this way to train you to always be looking for the easy thing to consume. And podcasts are are able because they're audio only to end up filling this tremendous amount of other space in your life. You can take them anywhere with you because you can do, again, I think it's one of the benefits, the great benefits of the medium is that you can be doing other things. Yeah, you can be doing other things. So like, here, here's, here's like my core example, right? Where good podcast use case. There's a dog. He needs to be walked. Perfect podcast time. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect podcast time in no small part because 
walking a dog, especially uh, if you're in a place like London and they're off the leash, it's not a it's not a brainless activity. You have to keep you have to keep your eye on him. Uh, make sure he's not eating things he's not supposed to be doing. You got to manage the relationships with other dogs in the park. It requires you to pay just enough attention that you can't really think about anything else, but it's also not no attention. So this is like, ah, what a perfect situation for podcasts, because then it's like you can you can participate in this conversation as a listener in this really enjoyable way while you're also doing something else. It's like that is that is like the biggest win case in my life or like you're commuting to work and that's an awesome win case in your life. But the thing that concerns me is the behavior that happens over time is like, well, but you don't stop listening after the walk is finished or you don't stop listening after the drive is finished and you think, oh, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to finish this show and then the next one sort of rolls on and you go well let me listen to this one a little bit like and i'll keep going on and i think that that thing of like letting it roll through everything is a side effect of this main problem of like brains and environments that that teach them to expect like there's infinite content that will just come and you should consume that content And so it's like a symptom that is being expressed in a different domain than the domain that has caused the problem directly. And that's why I find it really concerning is like I noticed that behavior in myself of like, man, sometimes I just let these podcasts roll. And and it's like it was interfering with my ability to do other things. And I mentioned the shower one because that to me, that to me was the real letting it roll behavior of like, well, I need to take a shower now and I'm coming in from a walk. I was like, well, I'm just going to let this podcast keep rolling through the shower. And I know people have been doing this for a long time, but listeners who have, have heard me talk for years know, like I'm, I've always been super careful about what, like, what do I let into my life? And the shower one really caught me off guard of not even really noticing that I was doing it in the first place. And and then, like, having caught myself doing it, I found it kind of shocking. It's like, oh, I was not expecting this behavior at all. But I don't lay that at the feet of, like, ah, oh, this podcast app, right, with its, with its damn algorithms. Like, I can't turn away because it's so engaging. It, it's not that at all. It's like, oh... I think my brain is expecting more content always and its ability to direct itself and to change course from like an easy consumption behavior into something else has been frayed. And I think that fraying is a behavior change that has been intentionally created. Do you feel better at all, Mike? No. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with you. You know, because I... I YouTube is worse for this because YouTube has autoplay. Like mm-hmm. your podcast autoplaying, you, that's the symptom of the app that you use. And like you can turn that off. I mean, you can turn off autoplay on YouTube as well. But boy, boy, they want to make sure you can't find that setting. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different situation, especially because the next show is a show you've chosen. Mm-hmm. You've chosen to allow that in where YouTube, it will give you whatever it wants to. 
And again, it's like all of this stuff is like, well, it's moderation is what you're looking for. But for whatever reason, you're only able to accomplish moderation after a drought, right? Like you have to remove it all to allow you to to get it in control, which is that's fine. Like if mm-hmm. that's if that's the route that you want to take, but I, I just I I understand what you're saying, but I think that you unfairly pick podcasting as your thing to focus on, and I think it could be argued that mm-hmm. YouTube is way worse, and you should have focused on that. Because it it actually ladders into your other point more about there being an algorithm. I don't disagree with you there. That YouTube is the source of the problem. You know, if if we imagine a universe that only has two things, YouTube and podcasts, as I guess, YouTube is the source of the problem, and then it can create symptoms that express themselves as well in the other universe. Mm-hmm. In in addition to YouTube, again. There is another reason why I tried to mention the, the podcast thing in particular is because at least when I talk to people, there seems to be an age differential about does podcasting resonate with you more strongly or does YouTube resonate with you more strongly? And uh, my general observation is like YouTube resonates with you much more strongly if you're younger and podcasts resonate much more strongly with you if you are older. and I think that's the people for whom the podcasts resonate for tend to be more aware of like a change. Whereas when people talk about YouTube resonating more, it's much more like this is the horrible state of the world and it seems like it has always been thus. So that's also part of like content wise. Why did I choose to pick on that? But I'm sorry that you were upset there, Mike. <laughs> I recognize my bias, right? Like, I, I disagree with you. I know that part of the reason I disagree with you is because of my bias. And I'm I'm comfortable with that. I think it's okay to have bias as a human. Like, I, I, like, I actually, I disagree with you about your reasoning being biased. I, I think you can just totally disagree with me and you don't have okay. to be like, I'm biased. Like, I, th- I think you have totally legit reasons that have nothing to do with being a podcast producer. I have emotional feelings towards it that I probably wouldn't. Right, yeah, if yeah. I was just a consumer. But there's something we have to get to, mm-hmm. which is so important to me, which is what do you feel about your impact on this stuff? Right? Like, you are a man whose business has been built on creating viral videos. Mm-hmm. Like, that is who you are. And, like, talking about you want to stay away from Reddit, but you continue to post your things there. Mm-hmm. You want to stay away from podcasts. You're talking about that whilst recording one. Mm-hmm. And the algorithm, like you create content which is feeded on the algorithm. You've created videos about the algorithm to test the algorithm. Like, how do you reconcile your impact on this? It's because I don't think the problem is at the level of any individual piece of content. I had an early draft of that of that walk where I was talking about books again because like I I really do think it's important to to make this point that like this isn't new in theory but I do think that there's something that has has changed and and one of those things is like well yeah before before YouTube and before Twitter and all the rest of this it's like you can sit in a library and try to read a book and have this same feeling of like, man, all these other books in the library are calling to me. 
and losing your focus on the book that you're reading and then turning to a different book and being like, I'm going to try to read this one better. And, you know, some books are, are better at holding your attention than others. Like it's not, it's not new. And I don't think that you could make any kind of reasonable argument that, boy, all these books in the library are creating this distraction. I think in that scenario, you're basically talking about like ground level zero human brains. How do brains operate when confronted with options? And you know, the answer is like, sometimes not the greatest. They flip back and forth between options. They always think maybe the other thing is better. I think that's just the natural state of things. And I view like YouTube videos and podcasts. They're, they're like books on the shelf, right? They're, they're part of the whole media universe that includes everything that is designed in some sense to survive by eating up the attention of other people. Like the podcast survives by eating up the attention of other people, like an aggregating it together. And so do the YouTube videos and so do movies. And so does Netflix. And so does all of this stuff. But like I, an argument that I'm not trying to make is like, is the traditional information overload argument. Like, oh, there's so much information. And that's the problem. I don't think it's the information that is the problem. I don't think it's any particular piece of content. And that to me is, is like the real core here of what I'm concerned about. It's the algorithms selecting content for you for a specific purpose to keep you there, to keep your attention there. And there are pieces of media which may happen to hold certain people but it's like that i don't lay that at the feet of the content creators like the videos that i watch over and over again you couldn't exactly say like boy this video is so amazing at keeping your attention it's like actually it's not it's kind of boring it just happens to work for my brain but there's something different about like the algorithms learning like oh these kinds of things work great and so we're going to try to make sure to show more of these things. Or, or like, I just noticed like YouTube has this like watch it again feature, which is always super high of like, hey, we know that you're you're going to watch the same videos you've watched a bunch of times over and over again if you're a certain kind of person. Uh, and then like we'll move that up higher in the in the ranking. So so that's why like, I, I this is part of why it's difficult to have a conversation is because it's like. <laughs> You can see the first glimmer of when I started thinking about this in the vlog that I did about traveling around in the summer, like uh, Summer of Grey Part 1 and 2. And there's a little part in there where I'm complaining about screens everywhere in America. Like everywhere you go, there's like screen, screen, screens. And there's a screen in the gym. And uh, it's like, yeah, that was, that was like the start of me really being cognizant of this and thinking this. And... There was a just like a such a strange amount of feedback from people along these lines. They're like, "Oh my god, what a hypocrite!" Like he doesn't like screens, but he owns a bunch of iPads and computers, and he makes his living on screens. And it's like the the problem isn't this like screens in the abstract. It's it's screens that are under your control versus screens that are not under your control, and. You know, screens that you are using for your benefit and screens that are designed to use you for someone else's benefit. 
But it's like people just hear the like the word and they're like, ah, this thing is here and it's over here. So like th- this argument is so dumb. Like this person isn't making a good argument. And that's how I feel about content production versus the way it's being served. And, you know, like you can get real meta about this because then people do start creating content like to serve the algorithm and you can start going in these circles but the thing that is different the thing that makes it fundamentally different from a library with a lot of books is that the library isn't rearranging itself every time you walk in to try to make sure you spend as much of your life in the library as possible whereas Lots of systems on the internet are doing basically that. As soon as you walk through the door, it's like, how can we make sure you never leave? This is why it frustrates me that you singled out podcasts so significantly. Because there is, like, the majority of ways that people listen to them, this is not the system. Like, it's yeah, choice. It doesn't happen You've at all. chosen. It's more like you going to the library and picking books as opposed to the library mailing books to you without you asking for them, mm-hmm. which is what YouTube is doing. It's very, it's very, I mean, I don't think that we can come to a level of agreement on this one. <laughs> well, like, well, we do have a level of agreement that I explained my case poorly, right? So like, yeah, we do, sure, we sure, actually sure, sure. don't disagree very much on this topic. Like, like, I think like we're in much more agreement than you think we are. I disagree with the gray who made the video or like the right. video gray, then, yeah. then we are disagreeing here. But yeah. it's like... It's, and also, lucky for you, I disagree with that video gray as well, right? But like, this is... Oh, lucky for you too. <laughs> Probably more lucky for you than lucky for me. What do you mean? Well, I don't agree with you. Like, if this show stopped existing, I still have a whole other business which produces this stuff. But right. if you agreed completely with yourself, you wouldn't make any of the things that you do. Because all of your videos would go away and all of your podcasts would go away and that's probably all of your income. If you agreed with yourself so strongly, like you have to get out of the business that you're in. No, but I feel like that's that was the whole point I was trying to make before. Is like, I don't think that the content creators are any different. It's a layer on top right, of right, the right, content right, right. creators. But, but my point my point is I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you here, disagreeing right. with the video version of you, which seemed way more gung-ho on like eliminate consumption. Well, yeah, that's that's what he's doing and that's what I'm doing is we're trying to figure this out and create some space in our life and, and be like, well... Sure, but like, <laughs> do this with me is very like, stop consuming, right? Right. It's not that you doing it for yourself is very different to you than encouraging other people to do it with you. And when you encourage other people to do it with you, whilst also continuing to create the stuff that people are consuming, that's where things start to get a little bit complicated. Yeah, well... I mean, this this is also a huge amount of pushback I get against this is, is uh, and, and you yourself mentioned it in the show, is why do you have to get rid of everything? Why can't you just do it in moderation? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, like, my experience with this is, like, this is just the way my brain works better. No, but I understand yeah. that. Like, <laughs> yeah. my, my point is that, like, what you should be potentially asking other people to do is to moderate because not everybody's brain is like yours, but for you to do it for you personally, it has to be completely gone. Like, and I yeah. get that. Like, yeah. I 100% get that. That's your brain. But I yeah. think there is a problem in, like, you suggesting everybody does things the way that you're doing it. Yeah, but, okay, so there's another, little, there's another little thing here, which I'm, I think we've talked about this on the show, but I don't know if we ever really have, is 
I feel so strongly that I am making stuff for people with brains that are similar to mine. Like I'm, I am super aware when we record Cortex in particular of, I think this show would have been fantastic had it existed for a younger me. And I, I think of that as part of the motivating reason for why I make the show. Mm -hmm. And so even when I'm putting that video together, it's like, why did I pick podcasts as an example? Like, why did I talk about some things in particular? Why do I suggest removing all of this stuff because I'm trying to hit the brains that are like me with this target. And I wouldn't really know how to, how to make a video where be like, I think you should do this in moderation, but it's not remotely what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something totally different because I think it's going to be more effective for me. Mm -hmm. And you're a different sort of person. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I would make that video. I feel like I can only make content for people who are in, at least in some ways, like similar uh, to look, me. You're preaching to the choir here. Look at all I do. <laughs> I just make things about stuff I'm interested in with the hope that I'm making it for other people that are interested in things like me. Yeah, that's what we both do. Yeah. I 100% sympathize with that. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I get it. I get why you made it the way that you did, but there are problems in doing that. Mm -hmm. which I know you understand, but you can't communicate in 10 minutes. It's taken us 45 to do it instead. Right. Well, that's that's why different mediums are better at doing different things. And, right. So and the long form conversation, Long form conversation is the perfect thing for a podcast. It's where podcasts excel by far. All I'm going to say is it's lucky for you that you don't have to deal with the Reddit thread after these discussions. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to either, Mike. You can you can step back. No, but I want to. Though. I want to too. I'm you know I'm just. I think I need to not for a little while. <laughs> Hello, Cortex listeners. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible is the best place to get your audiobooks. It's where I get my audiobooks. But they're also about so much more than just audiobooks. Audible is now also creating Audible Originals. Exclusive audio titles by celebrated storytellers from the world of journalism, literature, theater, and more. As an Audible listener, you'll get one credit every month for an audiobook, but you'll also get to pick two Audible originals from a changing selection, titles that you won't get anywhere else. This feature happened to appear while I was traveling in my undisclosed location, listening to an audiobook as I was running a couple of personal errands, and I saw that Audible was letting me pick from some of their productions. And so I listened to an Audible production of Emma, with a cast of actors and actresses doing the voices, and Emma Thompson doing the narration. Boy, is Emma Thompson good at narrating Emma. But of course, Audible still has their amazing selection of audiobooks. And the one I listened to most recently is, stick with me, The Great Beanie Baby Bubble by Zach Bisonette. This is exactly the kind of book I love to listen to in audio format. I just, I don't think I could ever quite really sit down and read it, but it's the kind of non-fiction book that I think works even better in audio form. And as the title suggests, it is about the great beanie baby bubble of the 90s. This is a thing that I had vague memories of as happening, but boy, did I not really understand how enormous the whole bubble was and how 
weird the person who started the craze is. If you have any interest in stories about business, you should go listen to The Great Beanie Baby Bubble on Audible. So audiobooks fill a really great role in my life when you're doing something boring like running errands at the supermarket, picking up the dry cleaning. It's great to be able to have an audiobook with you during those times. So to get your first audiobook free, maybe The Great Beanie Baby Bubble, and to choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals when you try Audible, visit audible.com slash cortex or text cortex to 500-500. That's audible.com slash cortex or text cortex to 500-500. Thanks to Audible for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, so I have a question for you then. Yeah? Mr. Stay Away from the Internet. Did you watch the Apple event this week? Uh... Yes. Okay. But not live. I okay. watched it after the fact. Mm-hmm. When it was going on live, I was busy working and I, I like I knew it was happening, but I was like I, it doesn't If I can't be around to joke on Twitter and make snarky comments, and so like I'll watch it later. And I did feel a little bit like, "Oh, I kind of want to watch it live." Uh but in retrospect, I'm very glad that I watched it later. When I could right. jump around in the video. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, boy, if there was ever a year not to watch live, this was that year. I disagree with that. There, there have been way more boring events than this one. Oh, uh, more boring events, yes. But I'm, I'm thinking of like iPhone events in particular. No, I mean even like iPhone events. You look at something like the iPhone 7, right? Like that is a way and was a way less interesting phone than the 10s and the 10s max and stuff like that like this is an s year right i think people got super excited because the 10 event was so good mm. they'd kind of forgotten about the other s year presentations mm-hmm. like there was more in this one depending on what you're going to so me as opposed to yeah, like big phones super excited and plus i think the 10r is probably the best phone for most people um but yeah Sure. If you didn't enjoy it, that's fine. But I, I, I've seen this this kind of thing said a lot about like, oh, this is the most boring iPhone event. Like, I just don't agree with it. But that's fine. Where I, I suspect that comes from and where I really felt it when I was watching the event was when they're just talking about the tennis phone. And it's like, boy, <laughs> yeah. you could see what was happening. And I felt like, oh, God, you guys have served up this big nothing burger that you have to eat on stage. And you're like, mmm, this nothing burger is so delicious. And I was just like, what's different about this phone exactly? And and I went on uh, the Apple site to try to be like, did they even make any physical changes in the camera? Like, so they just, I felt bad for them on stage, whereas like, they got nothing <laughs> with the tennis phone. Like, they are just... Woo, that's that's rough. That was that was a, a rough section of the presentation. <laughs> I mean, the watch was pretty cool though. Oh if my god. If you're yeah. an Apple Watch owner, like they have basically taken every single bit of it and made it better. Like this is, this is the biggest jump for the Apple Watch since the original. Yeah, no, I am I'm super psyched about the new Apple Watch. I am so happy it's bigger. I've always wanted a bigger Apple Watch. Okay. Like, Interesting. Before the Apple Watch came into my life, when I used to wear watches, I always preferred bigger designs. Like, I like yep. a big watch face. I mean, this is why they've done it. There are a lot of people like you that want that want bigger watches. I mean, I, I don't know what I want, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. 
or what I would want, honestly. Like, I, I probably, again, like when it came out originally, would actually want to see what they look like on me first. But if you mm-hmm. had a penchant for bigger watches before, yeah. then, I mean, yes, and of course. And I think that's why they did it, because I think there were a lot of people like you. I don't think that Apple could reasonably manufacture a watch size that I wouldn't buy in terms of large ones. Right? Like, we, like, we fast forward five years and they've made the you know the, the Apple Watch Tennis Max watch, well, and I'll be like the cuff, right? Where it's just like this big screen you just wrap around your wrist. That sounds awesome. What are you trying to unsell me from a like a total wrap around? I'm watch? just like, saying <laughs> about where it will possibly go to. Not that this is a bad thing. Yeah. So like, like bigger screen on the watch sold immediately. I'm I'm totally on board. And the health stuff was great. And it, like in the in the greater gray family, there are a bunch of people who are on Series Zero watches. And I'm like, Apple watches are raining down from the sky this year for the family. It's like we've got health alerts. We've got bigger screens. It's like everyone's getting an Apple watch. You're all getting upgraded. Like we got it. We got to all do this together, everybody. This is like yeah. this is the year to upgrade. <laughs> I am not buying one. Um, I, I assumed as much because you don't wear the Apple watch anymore. I, this is a fantastic, just like everything that I loved about the Apple Watch, it's all better in this one. Like if I was a person that wore the Apple Watch, I would have jumped on it. I love the gold steel one. I think that that looks really amazing. It's super expensive, mm-hmm. but like I'm really drawn to it. I think it looks great um, and everything about it looks awesome. I have ordered one for Adina because she is on a Series Zero. So mm-hmm. she's going to get a better one. Um, we're not sure about the sizing for her though, so... And she wears the 38, and that's big on her. So I don't know what the 40 is going to be like. We're, we're intrigued mm. to see what, how that ends up. Um, but this is a, I mean, this is a fantastic device. And if you're a person that uses them, then it's this is great. So I assume that you, I'm just going to assume you have definitely ordered a Series Four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the that's the thing that I'm the most excited about. It's like yes. Uh, do you have do you ordered to it me. to receive it on the day of launch? Uh. No, I was I was a little slow on the gun. I think it's coming like the the week after or something like that. Okay. I don't know exactly. Okay. What about the phones? Did you order a new phone? Do you have any guesses, Mike? What do you think? I think you did. I think that you ordered a Max. Oh, look at you! Very good, Mike. You are correct. I did. I did order a Max. And the reason that I think that you did it is you liked the Plus phone, mm-hmm. but just kind of mixed things around over time. But I know that you liked it. And I know that you love your iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. So imagine everything you love, but more of it. That's my thinking. Now, I, I don't think I've ever ordered a phone that, that I have a higher probability of returning. But I did want to get this order in. Yeah, I mean, because, look, this is a this yeah. is a big this is a big screen, right? Like, you know, like it is going to be really intriguing to see what this ends up being like. like I will be getting mine on launch day and i'm super intrigued i'm very excited because i don't know how i'm gonna feel about this i'm probably gonna really like it but mm-hmm. i might really like it right like I, I, you know like i i'm very intrigued to see what a like what is it, like 6.5 inch screen is gonna mm-hmm. be like in my hand and you know this this thing is exciting like it's almost as big as a plus but mm-hmm. all screen as that is quite a beast. Yeah, I, 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 
I'm super interested to see what it's like. I mean, I'm interested like from a professional standpoint in, in one way. But yeah, no, you 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 know me very well on this issue, Mike, because I like I really like my iPhone X. It's you know it's, it's the phone that I have liked the most. Uh, since the six line, which was you know my time in the wilderness with iPhones, and yes, yeah, like I, like I used the Plus phone for a while, and I, I had frustrations with it. But one of those frustrations was often like these big dumb bezels at the top and the bottom mm-hmm. made made the phone feel bigger than it really was because it felt like there's all this useless space, even though obviously they were shoving all the important components under that useless space. Um, but so that's why I, I'm ju- I'm just super interested to see what is it like to use a screen that's this size. Does it does it change how the phone feels for me? Like, do, do I like it much better having this gigantic screen, or will I use it for a while and and think, oh no, like I'll just go back to my X. Like I don't like the big screen doesn't actually get me something that's worth the trade-off of the hugeness of it i don't know i can say that i really i really hope that i'll like it uh in no small part because uh especially this month and i imagine going forward for a while i've been using my iphone a lot more as a book as like a kindle reading experience yep the iphone x is is good at that but boy do i feel it every time of like I will take the biggest screen that I can get here. And if I can carry my Kindle with me, I always do. But I don't always have the Kindle with me. And there's plenty of situations where it's like, well, it's only only one thing to do on the phone here. Like, I'm going to read a book now. And so a bigger screen sure would be nice in that, in that situation. Oh, I just want to let you know. I know you don't care about this, but I'm just going to tell you. I no longer judge you for X. Right, because I think at the point that Apple are just adding more letters and trying to still make people say numbers is ludicrous. Right, to put a a letter X and a letter S next to each other and then expect people to say ten S, no. I'm uh, because I keep calling them XR and XS in my head now, and I just think that that, you know they they don't they have no high ground anymore with this argument. (laughs) Like it is gone. That that's a good way to put it. Like. While I joke that the the iPhone tennis is a, this total nothing burger of a phone, <laughs> the the line the lineup is interesting. The tenor is a is like I really mean it. Like I mean I've been obviously thinking and talking and speaking and consuming a lot about this for a, for the vast majority of people. The tenor is the phone to buy. I always like to play the game with the Apple lineup of if you if you had to buy a laptop for someone. And you knew nothing about them, which laptop would you buy? I, I think like that's just an interesting question. And now that we have multiple phones, it's it's like oh, it can be the, it's sort of the same question again. And when I look at the new phone lineups, I agree that that it's like boy, if I didn't know anything about someone and I had to be like surprise, here's a phone. It's like I think that I think the iPhone tenor is totally the like the correct <laughs> default choice. It sure, yeah, it sure, it sure is. It's it's interesting. I, it's it's an interesting phone. It's not for me because I'm in love with the OLED screen, and I don't think I'd want the in between size. Like I, I I either want the bigger one or I want the smaller one. I don't think I'd want the in between one. But 
if I had to make a prediction, like I think that it's going to be a super popular phone. It should be. And I'm surprised that I think Apple did a better job of it. I was expecting something that was going to be like all old inside and mm-hmm. new on yeah. the outside, but they actually put all new inside and some old mm. on the outside, but mostly new, right? Like it, for intents and purposes, it is a 10s just with a different screen. Like that's, mm. that's all it is. The guts of that thing are exactly the same. It's got one camera, but it still does portrait mode. Like, that is a great phone. Like for people in my life to ask me what if someone has to ask me what phone shall I buy, the answer is mm-hmm. a 10R. Because yeah. you know if you want a 10S already. Like you yeah. just know that. Like somebody who buys that phone pretty much knows that they want that phone. If somebody's not sure about what phone to buy, the 10R is probably the right move. Yeah, and 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 the same with the tennis Max. It's like if you if you know if you want to buy that. There's there's nobody who's like, mm, maybe, right? That is a very <laughs> specific phone. I am super intrigued as to what is going to happen to my home screen again mm. when I get the bigger phone. I don't believe it has the ability for more icons on the home screen. I think it's the same as the as the 10. But it's going to be so much bigger, it's going to change what I can reach again. This is where my isolation from the internet was a little bit frustrating because it's like this, this intersection of my isolation and also my my not quite technical understanding of what the pixels versus points really means in terms of screens and and so yeah i i don't i don't really have a great understanding of like the resolution size of the bigger phone versus the regular one yeah i I can see it i'm looking at some youtube videos now i'm looking at mkbhd's video and like it's just everything's more spaced out it's you know same amount of icons and stuff but do you know if it does the the icon slide thing when you turn it to the side it's just this just occurred to me as one of the things i did not like about the plus is all the icons changing location when you switch to the side i don't know if it does that i don't think it does but it does have the plus split screen mode again that's fine but boy did i like i hated the way the icons moved it's like just rotate them in place for god's sake don't don't yeah, I actually slide don't, them. <laughs> I actually don't know if it does the the, the icon rotating again. That's going to be interesting to find out. Oh, yeah, well, well, we will find out about that. Um, but yes, it'll 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 cause much home screen renegotiation. Maybe we'll have to talk about that. Well, if you have a moment, I do. I do want to show you something that I've done, Mike. Okay. Can I show you my my home screen? Oh, always. Before. I show this to you. Mm-hmm. Just want to say, this is a very experimental time in my life. So this is a very experimental home screen. Step one, lock screen. Okay, that's going to remind you of the wilderness. And step two, home screen. Oh, okay. One hundred percent shortcuts. Oh, it's all shortcuts. We don't have time to talk about this today. But boy, do we need to. (laughs) 